Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room podcast. HR skills development, HR technology and analytics, and HR relating to business strategy are all common, consistent challenges that many of us will have either heard, seen, or felt. But at its core, is tackling people analytics a secret weapon for many HR professionals? Analytics is by no means a new arrival into the world of work, but is it part of your people's strategy yet? So to talk about this topic today and to share some context, guidance, and advice, we're delighted to be joined by Brian Slattery, co-founder and CEO of the award-winning analytics platform, Worky.com. Thanks for joining us, Brian. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's great to be here. So looking forward to the conversation. Brilliant stuff. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, founder and managing director here at Inside HR. How are you, Mary? I'm great. Thanks, Owen, and delighted to have you here, Brian. It's not a topic that I would call myself an expert on. Um, so I'm really interested to hear all about what you have to say today. Brilliant stuff. So I don't mind change the next 40 minutes here for now. Brilliant. So we'll jump right in. Uh, Brian, I'll come to yourself first, if that's all right. So kind of a couple of questions to kick off, Brian, and sorry to bombard you straight away. But is analytics, Brian, still a bit of a hidden gem or kind of underused tool by HR teams and wider organizations? Like what exactly is it and what are what is the information that it can reveal for people, I suppose? Yeah, so thanks for those. <laughs> a couple of questions there straight away. So um, what is it? It's a big question. So like, look, absolutely data, and more importantly, insights to me are underused gold. So think about it. Data driven is the phrase at the moment and it will be into the future. And if you're not using quality data to make decisions, then you're behind or you're missing something. So analytics refers to the systematic analysis of data or statistics, you know, to gain insights and make informed decisions and uncover, uncover, excuse me, meaningful patterns or trends. So it kind of involves the collection of um, the collection, the interpretation and presentation of data to understand and optimize various aspects of a business or a system. So in human resources with people, it's it means taking this approach to the information in this area. And there's kind of there's different things here, right? So I just want to be really clear on this because a lot of people might think hear the word AI and machine learning, and sometimes it's upsetting to hear that, and, and it's quite can be misleading. So there are different types of analytics. So you can have descriptive. So these just describe historical data. So if, for example, how many people might have left a business in a quarter? You've diagnostic analytics, and this goes a step further by a- analyzing past data to determine why something happened. So, for example, why did people leave last quarter as opposed to how many predictive analytics is what it says in the tin is predicting the future how many of a similar group might leave in the future and prescriptive analytics goes a step further and kind of suggests what can we do about this right and then finally you've got real-time analytics which is obviously doing that all in the moment so for us at Worky, we deliver all these forms of analytics but we're working toward that real-time prescriptive analytics which is complex and the holy grail but it's grail but it's very exciting so for me HR is the engine room of every business, and quite often it's the most underused kind of type of data, um, or it has most of the data, and we don't we don't use it correctly. So HR analytics it gives you information, it gives you valuable insights to make informed decisions about talent management, 
employee engagement, retention, organizational effectiveness, leading to improved business outcomes like, you know, forecasting future workforce trends, turnover rates, recruitment needs, skill gaps, or automating reports like gender pay gap reporting. And even, dare I say it, right, and I, I this is where I feel we, you know, people in HR, us, what we can do, we can actually impact the business in a wider way where we take this data and overlay it onto things like um, customer experience or how is how is our people data actually impacting sales and so on. So I hope that gives you a sense of where I'm coming from or, or how I think about it anyway in terms of HR analytics and its power. Absolutely. So Mary, look, as Brian said, there's so much potential with this kind of stuff. And again, it is probably something that's I suppose, seen as a big kind of scary thing. Um, so Mary, I suppose my question for you is, would I be right in saying that many HR teams, and of course, I suppose people in general, anyone that works in any sort of company, aren't aware of kind of the power of these kind of things, the power of analytics? Or is there kind of more of an element of fear that people think it's too complicated and advanced to understand? I suppose it is. I think that's something I might have heard myself over the years. I think it varies hugely, doesn't it? Like some organizations are really advanced in terms of their uh, people analytics journey. And, and you hear those people talking about data all the time and, and how it's informing the decisions that they're actually making. And then you've got others who are afraid of, um, I suppose, the whole term people analytics and they don't really understand what it actually means. So I think it, it, there's a huge spectrum in the HR community um, when it comes to people analytics. I think for a lot of people uh, in HR, we have always analyzed things. You know, that's I, I, I go back to it. You know, I'm somebody who's been knocking around HR for the last uh, 20 years plus. And always, all the way through my career, I have been analyzing things, but I've been analyzing them in a painful way by looking at hard data or through Excel spreadsheets or, um, you know, by gathering information from a, a, a long and laborious process so much so that maybe it's out of date by the time you've actually got through your process and presented to the management team. So I, do, I think in HR, we've always been doing it. The beauty of people analytics now is that there's platforms and tools and uh, things that we can use to make us more effective, to help us inform the business, to be sitting right next to the CEO, the senior leadership team and bringing valuable data um, that can be used by the organization, organization wide to impact uh, the bottom line and the success of the organization. And I guess it puts that uh, people agenda very much first and foremost, doesn't it? Because there's so much data there that we can use um, to improve the organization. But I do think it's it comes back down to um, the why we're collecting data, what data we actually want to analyze, and what we want to do with it. Um, it's not as simple as just, you know, we'll analyze everything and, you know, press a button and come back with the report. You know, uh, there, there's more work to be done than that on it. And a lot of people are afraid in HR that this will mean the end of HR roles. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's more about learning new skills, 
embracing new technologies um you know and developing uh, people analytics as part of your ongoing hr strategy into the future and looking ahead you know where are we going to be in 10 years time um you sure as hell are going to have to learn at some point or start building it into your strategy at some point because that is the way in which the world is going. Definitely. I think it's perfect segue on to my, my next question for yourself, Brian. I suppose it's not just data for data's sake, as Mary said there, a lot of this will help kind of craft strategies, that long-term kind of sustainable, informed view. Um, so I suppose one question off the back of that then is how can people analytics, I suppose, help? HR teams and organizations craft that people's strategy is a kind of an essential foundation when it comes to crafting strategies. Well, I just like to pick up on a, a couple of points there that Mary said that will segue into this. All right, I think it's the 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 the, the beauty of HR analytics is that it's here now uh, to support the function, the HR function that was there. So there's a lot of times when you might have a hypothesis about why something's working or not working, and they've data to support and empower you to do your job. In a, in, a, in, a, in a more concrete way, shall we say. So I think that's fantastic. It's actually empowering, and that's the idea behind it. And really it should be the, the technology and people like ourselves and others are here to support um, uh, uh, HR practitioners and so forth on their journey with this. Like it's not just to be left alone, but uh, to be left alone with it. But definitely like, I think it's, I do believe that we have, things have shifted, you know what I mean? I mean, especially we went the pandemic and people went, most, lots of organizations went kind of remote and then we can just see there's more and more HR tools um, uh, being created, whether it's like payroll, communications, learning management systems, you name it, okay? So HR actually has probably the most data in the business and it also has, uh, and it's the only kind of, uh, probably function that everyone has to interact with and their systems. So for me, if you've got a team of, you know, 10, 5, 10, 15 people or whatever it is, um, and you're in a, in a HR function, you absolutely should be looking at the data that you're generating and seeing if you can apply it into a strategy or something like that. So it should be forming what's got informing what's going forward. And even if, and coming back to Mary's point, you're, on, you're in a you know, people are in different stages of the journey here, but even if you're at an earlier stage and you might be a one-person team or a two-person team or whatever the case may be, you're still creating data and there's still an ability to use it in a sensible way to make decisions and, and, and form decisions that will ultimately impact business strategy. And I think the key is to say when you're setting out this, you know, in terms of the strategy and what to ask is, well, what do we want to get out of the data? Like, what do you currently do right now that might be supported with using data or automating some part of this process. So if you feel like you spend a lot of time, you know, tr you know speaking to IT or doing X, Y, Z, uh, you know, trying to gather reports in Excel, that can be done. That's just a, a function of HR analytics pulling data together for you, you know. And if you think, well, I'd really like to know about what does the absenteeism rate look like historically and what does it look like into the future for us in a given location, that's HR analytics at work without you having to do that. And that means that you have a data point and an insight that you can speak to uh, the, the senior leadership team to justify budget or whatever the case may be. So for me, I believe if you're not baking people analytics in or considering it now into a people function, you're going to miss out. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, and it's there for you. As Mary said, there's platforms and there's supports available. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, Mary, we've talked about strategy a lot, um, I think, over, over recent months. And Mary, I think, is, would I be right in saying, despite I suppose the, the clarity that Brian has given us there, would I be right in saying that some 
I suppose companies, HR teams still don't use this in their HR strategy when they're at that stage. Is a, I suppose, Mary, is it a potentially kind of a not so secret weapon for HR leaders who want to add more to the business strategy as well, if you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, with everything comes budget and and your ability in HR to justify the spend on a system. Um, you have to be able to articulate that before you're going to get the budget for the system. Um, and then I think a, a lot of it comes down to being very clear about well, what, it, what it is you actually want from a system. What are you trying to measure? What do you need uh, within the organization? And there's loads and loads of things that um, you know you can you can use people analytics for um, but I would always say start with what are you trying to measure um, where are you going to collect the information from um, how are you planning to collect that information and how are you planning to analyze it and um, spreadsheets I can tell you for a fact because I've done it over many years spreadsheets that are wonderful and you can do all sorts of brilliant things with them but you can't press a button and it just happens you've got to set them up correctly in the first place get all the data into them it's a big laborious job um, and then once you have the data uh, you know what is what is the data telling you what is it uncovered in the organization what has what are you going to do as a result of the information that you have um, and what are you going to learn from how you've used that information and its impact in the organization so to me the the tool the people analytics piece and the platform that you use are one thing. The human element will still remain in terms of uh, analyze, you know, not analyzing it, but in terms of using it and implementing it across the organization as part of your people strategy. And um, you know, a lot of people talk about AI taking over human roles and and you know there's a lot of scaremongering i think about ai and uh, generative technologies out there um i've been playing around with chat gpt like you know everybody has been or or like a lot of people have been and you know i can see yeah it's brilliant it can do really amazing things but it also has its limitations um and for instance it can pick up on words and put an emphasis on them that you didn't intend or didn't mean. Um, so the human piece still comes into it. And it, I don't believe technology is going to replace a HR role. I think it can enhance it and a HR role and that embracing new technology and change and looking at what you can bring, what else you can bring to the organization is important, irrespective of your size. Uh, and most platforms out there, um, you know, are accessible to a smaller organization just as they are to a larger organization. Um, so I, I would say, look at it. Don't be afraid of it. Definitely. And I suppose any, if, I suppose any, technology that is used the right way for the right thing will have benefits, I suppose. So that's, I suppose, again, perfect segue on to my next question, Brian, when we talk about benefits of using analytics data, all this kind of stuff in HR, what are some of the main benefits you've seen, I suppose, from your work to HR teams who unlock analytics? I suppose there's obviously things around performance management, turnover, onboarding, loads of stuff, like you mentioned, I suppose, in there. 
Yeah, like that's it. I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't matter really the size of the organization. If you wanted to get an edge or you want to find that extra inch, uh, be it from you know the onboarding experience or whatever it is, that's where analytics comes in. It just gives you data around a story that you might already have a really big hunch about, but you're like, okay, now we've the proof point here. We can see that we need to um, uh, provide, and this is a good example of actioning some of the data. So yeah, which, which as Mary said, there will always be a human here. There will always be a human. This is a tool, like a tool like every other function has to facilitate or expedite some of the stuff that you've been doing with your qualifications and experience in your professional role, right? So this is just to say, okay, we had a theory around or had an idea, okay, something wasn't going well with the onboarding or offboarding experience. Now we've data around it to back it up. And actually, we did not know, for example, we were losing people, you know, at a particular time point in their career at a very high level. So for a concrete example I can give you, which we've worked with the company with, would be people come into the business and they have a really high turnover rate around like eight months in, but they didn't know why. They were just people turning out. And then you put the story together and go, oh, right. So this is when they finish probation. They might go into a promotion party. You're like, this is a period in time that they need additional support. And that's where, that's where, it, that's, that's where the benefits come in. Look, at a high level, right, realistically, analytics and the, and the platforms that are there and the supports that you know we provide and the, the, the consultative support has put around it, really at the high level, it's automating certain tasks that get out of the way, uh, that get in the way of the day-to-day business of, of, of people doing their actual job. So there's time saving and there's cost saving. So you can go into a business or you can go in your own business and say, well, look, I've, I, we have a 25% turnover or 30% or 10% and we want to get that down by a percentage or two. What would the cost be associated uh, uh, with, turn, with, with, with that reduction in turnover, for example? And then we say, right, well, we want some data around the, the journey of people in our business and why are they leaving? So you're pulling in that engagement data. Perhaps you're looking at your absenteeism data and you're looking at um, your payroll data or whatever the case may be. And you put the story together with your analytics and go, okay, well, actually, we can see people are leaving on the basis of this repeatedly. So this is the problem. Now there comes the human part where you're like, okay, well, it's it looks like it's actually not career enhancement. I had no idea about that. We spent lots of money on training, but nobody's getting promoted. We didn't know that until we joined all the dots up. Now we know it's promotions. We need a career planning uh, or else people are getting trained up here. We're overqualifying them and they'll leave. You know, and that's the story of data coming together to empower uh, a, 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 a HR professional in their role to say, right, we need budget for this or we need to do, we need to sort this out really concretely. And every organization that we work with, two things occurs. One, a person will say uh, on their HR, on the analytics, analytics journey, one, they will say, I, ha- I had a hunch. I just didn't know it, you know. All right. So now we've the data to give them that hunch and to support the story. Or the second is, I had absolutely no idea that that was the case. So, you know, and there's lots of examples there, but it could be the case. Again, turnover is always a really good one because, you, you know, you obviously want to, you've got people, you want to keep them. Somebody, re- an organization we're working with, didn't realize that they were losing people, or actually there was lots of people in very early on in their career, lots of people in a very early on in their career in a particular role, and they were losing them. And they were kind of a, a customer-facing role. And the senior management and HR didn't know that. Until, and I know it's something that you might think, okay, that's obvious, right? How did they not know that? But they're just, they're a busy organization. You know, people get placed, you know, there are a few hundred people and you're like tied it together and like, okay, we need to, we need to sort this out. That's why people are, lo- we're losing people all the time in this customer facing role. So that's kind of the, um, some of the benefits you can get, I suppose, out of it. Definitely. I suppose, Mary, we often talk about kind of crafting a business case. You actually touched upon it there previously, Mary. But I think with something like this, any kind of tips on how to craft a business case here? Because I think a lot of this, Mary, is 
like Brian says, fill in the gaps. Knowledge is power. It's nearly preempting things in a way, Mary, in a sense. Again, a bit of a tricky one to, to put into words, but there is a, a couple of different angles you could use for a business case here, Mary, isn't there? I, I think so. And I would always say, you know, when you're talking out there talking to your um, potential provider, uh, whoever that may be, and obviously we're we're recommending you guys, Brian, um, but, you know, they will help you um, understand the benefits of a system for your organization um, and they will help you articulate that to some extent. Now, you still have the job to um, go back to your leadership team or the CEO or, or decision maker, whoever you're going to for budget and um, making that case. And it's always about, you know, the cost of something, the impact of something um, the benefit of something and what problem you can solve in the organization with the technology that you're proposing to implement. Um, I am always saying on this podcast, and I, it's something I firmly believe, you know, there's lots of choice out there, but you really do have to make sure that your provider is aligned to your business um, to the nature and size of your business and, and to what you're trying to achieve yourself. Um, you can absolutely buy something, uh, think it's going to do X, Y, and Z, and maybe it doesn't because maybe you didn't articulate it properly in the first place yourself. So I would always say involve finance, involve IT, because um, you know, you're going to need those two departments, certainly when it comes to making a business case, but also involve your operations um, because it is something that has the potential to impact right across the organization. And it's although it's a HR system that you might be looking to implement, uh, it's about its uh, organization wide impact. So I would certainly um approach it very carefully, think think it through and engage with all the key stakeholders about what you actually need, what you want it to do for you. Definitely. And I suppose, Brian, that a bit of a kind of a devil's advocate kind of question, I suppose. Right. So somebody's listening and they're thinking, right, Brian has said everything, we're sold. There's loads of benefits, so many tools, so many companies like yourself, Brian, that are that are doing it, but I'm still scared of using it. So I think, Brian, the question really is, how easy is it to get started with these kind of things? I mean, like with any technology itself, I, I assume the technology itself does all that, or at least the majority of the heavy lifting for your brain, doesn't it? Yeah, so it, it, so basically, I think Mary touched upon it there, right? It's it's You need to be aligned, I think, with your provider, right? So the, the hard part, the big part here, when you start your journey, is have a conversation around what you want to get out of it. So you're, so for I'm just going to give you our experience, right? So the key thing is to build a business case. It's to start off with, well, what what data do you have? What would you like to show? Who is that important to? Is there an impact? And let's look at is it valuable? Of, is it is it worthwhile for us to come in and try solve that for you? If you do that, and we work on that one alone, that's how you get in. You know, you have the conversation. So for me, right, just to be very honest with you, when we started our journey, I was like, technology, where our backgrounds are all in, you know, machine learning and data science and behavioral science. 
And everything stopped when I just said, well, but we just actually have to sit down and chat to people about what they actually want. And the whole 90% of our journey at the start is about understanding the exact needs before we even do anything. What data is there? How can we deliver it? What do you want? Why would you want that? That's really it, right? It's a very much a hand-holding exercise. And actually, as we go on now, our future looks like when we onboard an, or- an organization, we're going to org- onboard a couple of organizations together. So there's a buddy system. So it's literally like you're going to go through this process with three or four others like you. So you, A, have our customer success journey together. You know, we'll help you. But you have others going through it too, like a knowledge transfer situation. Because, you know, it, it is very easy to get started, right? But you can get started and measure the wrong thing or do the wrong. You know what I mean? You need just to have the conversation. But once you start, there are systems that will help you do it. They're really good. And then ultimately, it's a relationship. I know technology and data is whatever, right? But and you know, but in truth, something like this is a relationship between the provider. Uh, that's a partnership, shall we say, a relationship between building rapport between the team that's going to support you on your data journey and actually the data and the output outcomes that you're trying to you're trying to get to. And once there's a synergy there, then it's like we'll work together and we'll only actually turn on the insights as you're ready for them. Right. So one of the key things as well is that you can go all guns blazing here, but you should speak to operations. You should speak to finance and so on. Understand what everybody wants. What's the most valuable thing? Deliver that first. And then when there's proof is in the pudding, then start to scale it up. That's my top tip, really, actually, is that I, I mean, there's other things I can say, but that's how I would approach it. And I would start slowly. So I would never go, we're going to get a provider. It's going to charge. They're going to cost us all this. We're going to turn the lights on here. It's like, no, let's start slow. Let's understand the situation, understand even the, the culture in the organization. Are they ready for it? You know, that's huge. You know, and then, and then, and then every time we've gone in, and I can just speak to our experience, every time we've gone in, we've delivered. And every time we've had a customer, they've either become a repeat customer, they brought us somewhere else. You know what I mean? And it's because it's, it's not the technology. As Mary said, it's actually a, a relationship you build. And you're like, now we'll support you on the data journey. That's the truth. You know, so it is very easy to get started, but it's, it's, uh, but it's easy to go the wrong way. You just need to take your time speak to your provider you know that's 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 the, the best thing to do 100 i suppose kind of similar question and i kind of know the answer brian it's something i'll come to both of you for this question but i'll come to yourself brian first it's just one we always kind of finish on i suppose hr teams business leaders listen to this brian any kind of final advice you'd give them who i suppose business leaders hr teams who want to kind of delve deeper don't know where to start that kind of stuff i think i know the answer from what you've said but any kind of final advice on that i suppose it's kind of planning having to think what you need first before you jump in isn't it Okay, so a great question. So there's three things I would say. The first is, uh, yeah, think through what you actually need, the requirements, have a chat internally if it's for you, something that you'd like to do and it's a possibility to add value. The second thing is then realistically is to look through the systems that you have, right? So my top tip, you know, other than your provider is to understand and if somebody's actually about to get another system, if people analytics will be part of your future, which I, you know, it it really should be, and you're about to buy a new system, you should look at that system and see whether it's people analytics compatible. What I mean by that is that, can we get the data from that system out into something we can use? Because you could buy something and it's not fit for purpose. And that is the number one tip. So if you're going to buy a provider for your payroll system or your learning management system or whatever the case may be that you think there's benefit in taking data out and you want to join up the insights, then look at the providers, whether they cater for that, because that is a, 
it's a it's a really it's a nugget of insight that you know it's only you can't get you can't undo that basically you know and then finally look talk to a provider make sure they have a, a, a you can create a really good working relationship so come speak to us at worky brian at worky.com and have a chat that's it 100 definitely and, and no shame in giving us the i was going to say feel free to give a plug there brian because we know you're good at this stuff so so thanks for that uh, and i suppose mary final question to yourself then anything to add there on top of what brian has said any kind of final parting advice i suppose we've gone through a lot but any final thoughts yeah, I suppose because people are on different stages of this journey and I'm conscious that some of our listeners will be quite advanced uh, in terms of their own people analytics journey and, and some of our listeners will will have nothing at all in place and, and haven't even heard about it or thought about it up until this point. Um, I, I think it's the, if the pandemic has done anything, it has taught us that we are capable of embracing technological change quickly um, and implementing solutions fast. The pace of the world and the world of work in particular uh, has changed. And if we were to look ourselves forward into what the future of work is going to look like over the next 10 years. We're going to see things like more flexibility. We're seeing, um, you know, younger people entering the workforce. We're seeing new technology gathering pace. Now, I don't know whether or not it is something to be terrified of, you know, AI and, and generative uh, technologies. I mean, I've heard about some amazing things out there uh, in terms of uh, what can and is being done at the moment. But I always equate it to, you know, me back in the day saying to someone, um, I think it was, you know, before the advent of things like jobs boards and me laughing with someone saying, that'll never take off. Because at that time, we were advertising in print media, the Irish Times, the Independent, the on bus stops, on in aeroplane magazines. That's how we were attracting talent back in the day. Um, and I remember the first jobs boards coming and me thinking, oh, that'll never take off. Are you sure who's on this internet anyway? Uh, that's giving away my age to tell you uh, how old I actually am. And, you know, I was wrong. Uh, narrow-minded at that time um, and you know look at the world today and how we recruit it's entirely different to how we did it uh, or not recruit but how we source it's entirely different to how we did it you know uh, 20 years ago so keep an eye on the future that's my biggest piece of advice for anyone keep up to date with what's happening read about uh, the things that are out there the new developments the changes that are occurring and don't be afraid to talk to providers even if you don't have the budget right now um, I would talk see what see what is available out there and that will inform whether or not it's something you think your organization is ready for or that you can get the budget for or that you'd like to embrace. And then for those, I guess, who are on the journey already, you know, it's really not forgetting to that the human element is there. 
that you may be a genius on your platform. And I do know some of those geniuses out there who love their technology and who are sending out surveys to beat the band and who are, um, you know, looking and analyzing their data but actually it's not getting translated across the business. So having the data is no good. Having the platform is no good unless you're going to take action, implement it. And like Brian says in some of the great examples he gave, if you're able to identify that there's attrition at an eight-month mark um, because the organization isn't putting in place uh, career coaching or learning at that point or uh, learning in the flow of work or something like that. And your information has identified that we have a problem there at that eight-month mark. But you still have to act. You still have to put in place a solution. It's no good knowing it. It's what are you going to do next? And, um, you know, for all of you out there who have your analytics uh, platforms, but you aren't necessarily effective in um, either getting your voice heard at the senior level with those, or that information or that data, or um, you don't really know what to do with it next. I think there's a bit of learning in there too. Uh, for those organizations that get it right, it's really powerful, really powerful and exciting. Um, so they're, they're my sage old words of wisdom as, as a, a, a curmudgeon who, who refused to believe jobs boards, would you believe it would ever take off? Seems ridiculous though. Brilliant. Look, and, and I think the whole the thread that's going through this whole conversation is that knowledge is power, I suppose. And hopefully we've shared a little bit of knowledge there. We have a couple of experts there. I mean, Brian, with all that positive, I suppose, kind of showcasing the benefits, talking about such detail there. And obviously your your perspectives as a very So hopefully we shared a lot of knowledge that people can turn into a little bit of power in their organizations and hopefully take the leap into using data analytics effectively. Um, so thank you, Mary and Brian, for a very insightful discussion. Really enjoyed that, to be honest. And it's one that we've been looking forward to, bit, looking forward to speaking about for a long time. So we're delighted to have you, Brian. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll catch you next week for the next installment of our podcast. And don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels. And as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, get in touch with us today at insidehr.ie. Thank you, Mary. And thank you, Brian. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.